Hey everyone, this is the Jutababa from Nightlight Astrology. Happy Friday, everybody. Today we are going to take a look at something called the applications of the moon. Now, this is something that you can use every day when tracking transits to get an understanding about what might be happening in your immediate environment. This is something that can also be used when reading birth charts. And you guys know that um, I teach courses in astrology. I also like to throw out videos that offer techniques for people who might be studying at home and don't have the time the energy, the resources to devote to one of my full uh, length courses. So today you'll get a lot of use out of this technique, I hope, um, whether you're, again, applying it to the daily transits or whether you're, um, you know, just looking at, um, you might be looking at birth charts and using this technique. So I'm going to show you three different client charts from my practice and three different examples of the technique. But before I do that, let me just explain what the technique is in general. I'm going to pull up the today's, uh, I'm going to pull up the real-time clock and show you what's going on today in order to sort of illustrate this for starters. So here's the real-time clock. And what you'll notice is that the moon right now is in the sign of Aquarius. So here's one of the moon's applications. The moon is currently moving into a trine with Venus. And then after that, it'll move into a conjunction with Saturn. I talked about translations of light. You could actually look at this sequence of the moon trining Venus and then conjoining Saturn as a translation of light, the moon translating the light of Venus to Saturn. Um, but at any rate, slightly different technique, which is to simply look at the next degree-based application of the moon to get a sense of what's going to happen. So astrologers do this all the time. This might be very basic for some of you, so stay tuned for the birth chart section of today's talk if this is all if you were like i already know this but for example when you look at a chart of of the day at the start of your day if you're like me and you pull up the real-time clock on your astrology software most of them i think all of them have a real-time clock and uh, if i sound like a frog by the way i've got just wicked allergies this week and uh i had to pull out my claritin again and the whole thing uh, i'm not sure what's blossoming around here right now but anyway so um the moon is going straight into a trine with uh, Venus and then exactly into a conjunction with Saturn right here. So an application of the moon would be to look at that trine, say at the start of your day when you pull up your real-time clock, and you say, okay, well, that's what's going to, that's the, uh, that's the mood ring in the sky. You guys remember I said that I think this week or last week uh, when talking about translations of light. So when the moon is going into a trine with Venus, I know that trines are of the nature of Jupiter. I know that squares are of the nature of Mars, sextiles of the nature of Venus, oppositions the nature of Saturn, and conjunctions blend the two energies together. So we have a Jupiter-like relationship between the moon and Venus, as the moon is also being blended with Saturn. So you can just literally write that down. This is what I used to do every day. I used to do just like this in my journal i would say okay today let's say moon trines venus and i would put favorable and then i would put um moon blends with saturn okay so and then i might take a little bit to describe that um for example moon saturn might be kind of austere serious um, maybe a little heavy, maybe a feeling of limitation, but also distant, contemplative, 
et cetera. And then I'm gonna kind of blend that with this favorable uh, trine to Venus. If you just get in the, in the habit of doing this every day and looking at the applications of the moon, um, and then taking some time to try to describe them and then let it go. Just go live your day, have your day unfold however it will. Um, what I've noticed is two things are going to happen. One, you're going to be better prepared to notice the, those transit energies in your day. Like you're just going to see them. And then the second thing that's pretty cool is that not only are you going to see them, you're going to be surprised by the way in which you see them. Because you've, you've written down some preconceived notions of what to expect energetically, thematically, archetypally, but then you get to get you get to be surprised by the way that it actually shows up. Now, you may already kind of know at the beginning of your day what's coming in the day, and therefore you can already kind of see it coming. But I'm always amazed by how the transits will surprise me in some way. And this exercise is something I do literally every single day because I write content. So people always ask me, like, if I want to write content, if I want to become an astrologer, if I want to get into the habit of tracking transits, how should I do so? And this is your exercise. Look at the applications of the moon every single day. So today, you can just practice this. Let's take a look one more time. The moon on August 20th is in uh, Aquarius, excuse me, and moving into a trine with Venus in a conjunction with Saturn. Now, that might only define a part of today, but those are the major aspects of the day from the moon. And many days, there's not going to be any aspects in the sky that are perfecting um, outside of what the moon is doing. For example, the sun has already passed its opposition to Jupiter. It's kind of over now. It's starting to fade. Mercury has already moved through its um, conjunction with Mars. And if we were throwing in the outer planets, Mercury's already passed the trine to um, Uranus. Now, Mars is moving into the trine with Uranus, so you could track that. But usually every day, the most reliable um, planet in the sky that's going to tell us you know, what's happening in the environment around us, what's novel about today is going to be the moon. The moon is like the great web weaver of the sky. So make sure you're tracking those, um, those applications of the moon every day, simple and write them down. Uh, and, and you don't, you don't have to predict what's going to happen, but just write thematic combinations out. So every day when you guys hear me do, you know, my content for the day, usually I'm just writing out, you know, archetypal combinations of the planets and then illustrations, stories, lessons, deeper meditations, all of that emerged from in the very beginning for me, just writing down which, applications of the moon were happening every day and doing that for little years of my life. But if you want to become an astrologer, if you love astrology and you're like, well, how do I get better at this? There's nothing more helpful than having a felt sense of what's happening every single day um, based on the applications of the moon. It's, it's sort of like, if you want to play basketball, you have to learn to dribble a ball. If you want to learn astrology, you have to learn how to track the moon. It's like the most basic part of it. So that's where I'd recommend starting. But let me show you three examples of how important moon tracking is in birth charts and how that application of the moon that I've been talking about, how an application of the moon can show up in a birth chart and become super pivotal for interpreting something about the life of the individual overall. It's a little bit different when you get into a birth chart. Okay, so I've got two sort of difficult examples and one pretty uplifting example from clients' charts that I'm using anonymously, but with permission. I'm not really telling any details of the story, just kind of some basic outlines. 
So this one happens to be really rough. The reason that it happens to be really rough is that you can see the moon is enclosed by the malefics in the seventh house. That's actually a special condition called enclosure. Besiegement can be very difficult. Now, um, one of the things that you can see here is that um, this individual, here is the uh, moon who rules the second house of resources, finances, money, etc. And this person lost um, almost all of their money and actually um, came very close to having to declare bankruptcy because of a very expensive divorce and custody case. And um, one of the things that you can see here is that the moon who rules the second house of this client's money is applying into, it's not only is it besieged in the seventh house of marriage, but it's applying to Saturn, the ruler of the eighth house, where this person's Mercury and Sun is also located uh, their ascendant ruler and so forth. So this was um, a very pivotal life-defining event for this individual, really changed the trajectory of their life because of how much it drained them financially to have to go through a really expensive custody battle in court um, and a really extremely messy divorce. So um, they were, I mean, I'm not going to uh, classify, you know, the person that they were with, because I, I really don't know much about that person, but it didn't sound like they were with a very nice person. So you also have the moon besieged by malefics in the house of marriage and moving into that conjunction with Saturn um, after coming off the conjunction with Mars and overall just uh, a really difficult situation that resulted in marriage and changed the trajectory of their life um, because of this long extended, super expensive custody battle. So very important to look at those applications of the moon. Um, the moon contained by the malefics uh, in the house of marriage here with the um, connection to both the natives money and uh, their partner or spouse's money and uh, running, you know, being sort of stuck between a rock and a hard place. So that's, a, you know, that's kind of a difficult example, but I want to show you another one. So let me just put up a second chart on the screen. Oops. Do do do. So this is my second example for you of how important the applications of the moon can be and what the moon's doing in the natal chart. Um, a lot of times, you know, we want to read planets from a purely psychological place. In Hellenistic astrology, we're, we're doing that. We can do that. But we're also learning to see things from a more um, event-based or concrete predictive standpoint. So, for example, in this one, we see, look at the moon is in Sagittarius again. I thought it was kind of funny. But here in this natives um in this natives chart they're not even um that old yet they're coming into being about 30 uh, years old but you can see that um this individual has the moon in the fourth house which is the place of home family property etc and the moon is in jupiter's sign of sagittarius and moving into a sextile remember sextiles are of the nature of venus and they're, it's moving into a sextile with Jupiter, uh, who is in the second house of money, assets, and resources. Now, what's interesting about this is that this individual has already inherited um, so, several properties from their parents who are, are in the real estate business and whose parents have a number of properties that they um, own and manage and make money from. So, one of the things that she was born into was the um, investment and um, 
the potential, the money-making potential of real estate and property. And you can see this in her chart from the fact that the, when she was born, the moon was going right into a sextile with Jupiter, who is the ruler of Sagittarius. That means there's called reception. Moon has reception with its host and is moving into a sextile with Jupiter in the house of money and finances and so forth. So overall, that's a, that's a, a, an example of how important, and it looks like it's just kind of like, oh, it's just a little sextile from the moon to Jupiter. And you wouldn't maybe think much of it, or you might try to interpret it in terms of the person's character or psychology or something like that. But in ancient astrology, the applications of the moon will often literally tell a story about something that's going to happen in the lifetime. So this is kind of a nice one because lucky for her, you know, she has a huge amount of, um, um, you know, there's certain kinds of concerns and worries that are off her plate about having to make money because of what she was born into. Um, not that she's not working on her own career and, you know, she has a son in the 10th. She's going to be pretty ambitious, right? But um, this is interesting. Also interesting to note, she was born under an applying lunar eclipse in Sagittarius. And uh, what I find interesting is that a number of the properties came into her life as the eclipses have returned to Sagittarius and Gemini in the past year. Isn't that interesting? So anyway, um, that's another uh, that's another example. Let me show you one more for today, just to drive home the point that these applications of the moon are super powerful in birth charts, and they'll give you a sense of some of the major events that are going to unfold in the person's life. Just look at where the moon is heading, what it's connecting to, and you get a sense of what's going to happen or some of the bigger events that are happening. It's like a little microcosm on the day of your birth that represents the macrocosm of your life. Okay, well, here's another one. So the moon in this picture is in Aries in the seventh house. Let me make sure I have this. I have it right. Yeah, okay. So we've got the moon in Aries in the seventh house. You can see it right here. Uh, it's moving into a conjunction with a lot of fortune. The one thing that's happening is that the moon is just, uh, just in, we could just inside the range of what I would consider for um, what's called a contra antitia, or excuse me, an, an antitia. An antitia is like a, a secretive form of conjunction. If you go, if you search antitia in the keyword section of my YouTube channel and go back, you can get like a full technical explanation. But for the signs that are existing equally distant on either side of the summer solstice, for example, Cancer and Gemini, Leo and Taurus, and Virgo and Aries, um, whose degree numbers add up to 30. This is just a little bit over, so it's not a perfect antitia. But she has a separating antitia from Mercury, who is ruler of the 12th. So the moon has this antitia with ruler of the 12th. Uh, ruler of the 12th house, and is also going to be moving into Antitia with Saturn, a malefic who's in the 12th house, and then in opposition with Mars in the first. Um, so this is really interesting. Um, this person's, uh, this is, you know, can't some of this stuff, it's like, it's pretty unbelievable. So this individual, um, married someone who had a secret drug habit um, and was actually selling some drugs. Now, you wouldn't necessarily know that just by looking at, um, just by looking at the moon in the seventh. Um, 
maybe by looking at the debilitated ruler of the seventh, which is Mars in the first, you might go, okay, maybe something's up here. But this person ended up getting in trouble with the law and ended up having to have some probation, which ended up leading to a divorce. So the moon's applications here to a t the 12th house ruler, a place of secrets, to Saturn in the 12th, often encounters with the law, to opposition with Mars in the first, which would be uh, this messy divorce. Even if you just, let's say, like you just take the Antitias out, um, the moon's application to Mars, typically the moon gets a pretty broad range up to like about 15 degrees, half a sign. The moon is also just moving into an opposition with its host. So conflict in marriage is more broadly designated by the application of the moon to Mars across the first and seventh house. But what I thought was interesting was the way that the Antitias, which are thought about as secretive conjunctions in the 12th house, uh, the moon's Antitias with Mercury and Saturn here, um, really sort of tell the story about the secretive nature of the drug problem that led to some legal problems and then eventually a divorce. So at any rate, there's, you know, and sometimes charts will have multiple ways of showing the same kind of events or the same kinds of themes. But I thought that one was pretty remarkable, all things considered. So I know two, two of those stories are a little dark. The one, you know, one in the middle was a little light, but you know, what's dark and light about them are what happens, but what happens doesn't really matter as much as, as far as I've seen in the lives of my clients compared to what kind of a person it makes us into. And in each of these stories, one of my favorite things about meeting with clients is, you know, we unpack this and many other stories, or, as well as things that are unfolding right now, or that are going to unfold in the future. And the core question is always, how can my encounter with these energies or events, you know, really change my heart, change my mind for the better? How can I become a better, more virtuous version of myself? Uh, or how do I handle th these particular energies? What's the best advice for dealing with a Saturn transit? Uh, for knowing what kinds of events are likely to occur in different areas of life um, so that I can be um, you know, ready to navigate those experiences. The moon is our guide. The moon is an everyday companion. If you look at the applications of the moon, you have um, it's like the GPS for the day. So make a practice out of it. And don't forget to look at those applications in birth charts if you're studying birth charts because they're hugely important. Okay, uh, if you've got stories about applications of the moon in your own chart, I'd love to hear them or just examples about things that you've noticed from you know daily watching of the moon or, or things that you notice today from the moon going into that trine with Venus and conjunction with Saturn. Love to hear what you guys are coming up with out there. If you have a story that's personal, you don't mind sharing, uh, with others, put grabbed, hashtag grabbed at the beginning or email us grabbed at nightlightastrology.com. Uh, we don't reply to those emails, but we'll use the content you share with us. Make sure we don't use your name, but make sure you don't mind us using whatever you write. All right, that's what I've got for today. Have a great weekend. We'll see you guys next week. Bye, everyone.